Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn your cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we give you scriptural motivation and strategies right out of the Bible to help you get out there so you can get some stuff done for your king, King Jesus, that is. I'm telling you, friend, he's the best one to work for. Don't delay. Accept Jesus today. Oh, he is amazing. He's got a plan for you. And uh, when you get your life turned right side up, then I'm telling you, you'll see how uh, imperative and strategic and timely it is that you and I both go out and help other people get their lives made right. That's what we, that's what we mean by turning your worlds upside down. It's already upside down. It's already twisted and perverted. The devil, Satan, the cohorts of hell, the rulers and the powers of darkness, I'm telling you, they are perverters. And things have been already flipped upside down. People live like that's normal. It's not normal, friend. But when the word of the Lord comes, hallelujah, and the truth penetrates into our life, really our lives get right, righted. Wrongs become righted. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Things that have been flipped upside down, you living like that's normal. That's not normal, friend. And I'm telling you, when you get the word, you finally get your life in, in order. You can breathe. Hallelujah. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and we got a great podcast for you today. Hey, I want to say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And... Um, I'm asking that you join me. Oh, yes. Join me in believing for a white Christmas. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's all I want, friends, is just snow on Christmas Day. Oh, and I think it's going to happen. Praise the Lord. Anyways, Merry Christmas to you. We love you, and we bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for following. If you've been tuning in to the podcast, I pray that we've been a blessing to you, that we've encouraged you, challenged you, stirred you up in some way, gave you some motivation uh, gave you some strategies right out of the scriptures. We hope that uh, this has been a blessing to you. And if it has, then uh, share it with somebody. You can um, send it to somebody, share the link. Uh, you know, we're on Facebook Live. You can share that. We're on pretty much every major podcast platform. If we're not, let us know. We'll get on there. But uh, just uh, I want to say thank you for believing in the podcast and for praying for it. We ask the Lord that it would just get to the right hearers. I don't care where they're at with this kind of digital technology, it, it can just get right to them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for it. So we just covet your prayers, and we thank you for following along with us and um, and uh, helping us out whenever you can. Praise the Lord. Well, let's get right into this today. And uh, so, you know, I've been in a series. I think I've talked about it on the podcast a few times, but we've, we've been in this series talking about the double portion anointings. And uh, we've discovered that the Lord has spoken. And he says in this era, the double portion level anointings are available for us. In fact, it's part of our work to to move in and under and with an increase in the anointing on the body of Christ. And specifically, there's an increase in the spirit of seeing and knowing. I think we've covered that uh, on the podcast. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I didn't go back and look, but if we haven't covered it specifically under that topic, we probably will because it's phenomenal, friend. Uh, to think about that the Lord is bringing increase in the revelation gifts. 
And that's partly due to where we are at in our maturity. We're coming into head function, you know, the fullness of the stature of the pattern of Christ. We're coming up now into the head function, growing up into all things, into him, which is the head, head of the body. And so there's some uh, access, some, uh, an invitation, if you will, to move and function in uh, greater levels of the anointing. But we've been talking about that there's a cost for that. There's a cost. Now, it's not a cost of hardship. It's not a financial price. You know, it's not, you know, there's nothing you can exchange in the natural for it. But there is a cost. And uh, we've covered, at least on Sundays here at the church where I pastor, we've covered several angles and perspectives of the cost. Uh, humility, for example, is a cost. And uh, the, the one that I want to cover today is uh, consecration. Um, I think we also talked about wisdom. And again, I don't know if we specifically covered this on the podcast. If we haven't, we probably will, because literally this is real time as he's drawing us into this. And this is going to saturate our 2022 for sure, our double year. Hallelujah. Double, double, double for our trouble, double for our shame. Hallelujah. Oh, the, the, the Lord's just setting us up for double. It's, it's, it's a double portion opportunity that lies right ahead of us. And so uh, 2022 specifically is going to be a, a year where we're going to get down into that and uh, begin to walk in it. So wisdom is a part of that cost. And I think we may uh, maybe look at a, a few thoughts here on wisdom and or consecration as part of the cost. So let's, let's just dive into this. So um, this, this cost, again, it's not a cost of hardship. Uh, you know, Jesus has paid the price, but yet you and I also have to put ourselves in the position. There's a cost, so to speak. There's a price, so to speak, that we have to pay in order to get in the right position to actualize and to walk in, uh, you know, fighting the good fight of faith. Well, there's a cost right there. Um, you know, staying humble. He rejects the prideful. So, you know, there's a cost there. Walking in love, that's a cost. You know, there's your fee right there. Walking in forgiveness, there's a cost. You can't harbor bitterness or unforgiveness or you're not going to walk in the double portion. That's a fee, if you will. So uh, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm, you, you guys are bright, you're sharp, and you're keen. You know exactly what I'm talking about here. So you and I are willing to pay these prices. Uh, but, you know, what, whatever the cost, it's a bargain. Whatever the price, it's a bargain. Hallelujah. He's given us way more uh, than what we're paying. And so we're, we're not going to squabble or argue, uh, you know, what's that derogative saying, you know, try and Jew him down. I, I mean, that's a negative saying anyways, but um, we're, we're, we don't have to do that. Whatever he says the price is, I'm telling you, friend, it is a bargain. And uh, we need to be enthusiastic. Uh, we need to sell whatever we need to sell in order to pay the price to get into the double portion level function of the anointings on our life. Hallelujah. And so we did talk about wisdom. And I'll recap quickly, and maybe we'll have enough time on the podcast to uh, get into talking about consecration. But we must prize wisdom as much as we prize the anointing. Wisdom is one of the costs. We must be wise. We have to walk with wisdom. Um, the anointing for service is not necessarily the same thing as wisdom. For example, there is an unction, and through this unction, you can know and have wisdom. But there is also an empowerment that will come upon you and make us suitable for his service. Some people have this anointing, or at least have had it, but they didn't have wisdom 
and uh, through the lack of wisdom, either uh, they exploited the anointing or attempted to. Nobody really, I mean, uh, you're not going to fully exploit the things of God. But anyways, some people have tried to exploit the anointing for their own personal gain. You know, uh, attitudes crept up in the heart, and they started making it about them. And the anointing was opening doors, but they were walking through these, these doors hoping to gain, uh, you know, things for themselves personally. Maybe it was fame or recognition or whatever or opportunity. A lot of opportunists uh, abound. And, you know, I'm thinking of a situation where the Lord brought a uh, particular person into our lives and, uh, you know, tremendously anointed uh, but didn't have wisdom. And didn't realize that uh, at the end of the day, what they were doing was they were exploiting the anointing for their own personal gain. And the Lord tried to, tried to help them. But, um, you know, people who are opportunists, uh, sometimes they don't want to listen to sound wisdom, right? They kind of get this particular focus, and it's a selfish ambition, and they won't, they, they won't settle for anything than the object of their lust, and, uh, you know, this happens in the church all the time, uh, not necessarily our church, but I'm talking about the church. And, you know, we, uh, we have had, uh, people come in that, you know, the Lord wanted to help them. The Lord wanted to uh, correct them. The Lord wanted to make adjustments in their life, but you know, not everybody's open to that. Well, part of that is the lack of wisdom. They disdain wisdom. And uh, if you're not going to heed wisdom, you're not going to get far in the Lord. He's, he's, he's going to let you come up to a, a place where he's going to try and get it to you. But you have to receive it when it comes. Hallelujah. So some people have this anointing on their life. And I'm talking about the anointing for service. But if they don't have wisdom, then they will attempt to exploit the anointing for personal gain. Or they will be exploited by the enemy. And they may or may not even know it. You will have opportunities open up for you because of the anointing. Hallelujah. But know this, that God will also deal with us concerning our character and integrity in order to strengthen us to be in the, lace, uh, the race for the long run. And here's something we need to remember, friend. In fact, I want you to repeat this. We are marathon runners, not sprinters. We are marathon runners, not sprinters. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to deal with us and, uh, on foundational things in order to strengthen our foundations so that we can be in this to the end. Hallelujah. We're finishers. Uh, we're not just starters and then quitters. We're not quitters. We finish. And uh, we're going to finish the thing that God has begun in us. He's going to finish the thing that he, he started in us because he's a finisher. He's not a quitter. And so you and I are going to get to the end of that thing because we're not going to quit. And we're not going to be derailed because we rejected wisdom and we rejected counsel. And uh, the Lord's going to bring these, this wisdom and instruction to us to strengthen us and fortify us so that we truly can finish. Hallelujah. If it's all about you, then you're not going to finish. Something's going to come in and derail you. Something's going to come in and exploit you. If it's all about you and not about what he's doing, if it's all about what you want, not what he wants, then you're just setting yourself up for your foundation to be rocked, for your foundation to be sabotaged, and you end up burning out. You had a sprint. You know, you went a distance, but you didn't go to the finish. You didn't, you weren't in it for the long run. And that's what the Lord's doing now. And we're not talking about slowing down per se, but we are about getting in a pace that Holy Spirit has set for us 
that we can maintain to the end. Marathon runners are really good about setting pace and they just get locked in, you know, and they're going to run for miles and miles and miles where the sprinter, it's all out for a very short distance. Well, not to diminish anybody that may not be running just absolutely as fast as they can. There is an urgency, but that doesn't mean that we're expending all of our energy in just the first few steps. We've got this race ahead of us and we're going to finish. Hallelujah. And the anointing is on us for his service. We're anointed for his service. But wisdom is going to help us uh, uh, stay in it and not be derailed or sidetracked so that we can finish. Hallelujah. Did, did you get the point? You, you need the finish. Thank you, Lord. So again, just because you're anointed doesn't mean you're wise about it. And it doesn't mean that you know how to protect it. It doesn't mean that you know how to use it. Wisdom will work with you and show you and me how to protect the anointing. Wisdom will help us to uh, utilize the anointing. Wisdom is what we need. It's the principal thing. We need to get it. Um, let's see here. One reason why we need wisdom is because the anointing will make you a target of the enemy. The anointing will make you a target of the enemy. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be well balanced, be temperate, be sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. Why? For the enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion, roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Listen, wisdom will help us to walk accurately so that when the devil targets us, he won't have an entrance. And that's the thing, friend, not to be afraid, but he's going around like a lion. It didn't say he was a lion. He says he's going around like a lion and he's roaring. He's releasing these guttural sounds because he's hungry. I mean, dude, that's what he does. I mean, the devil is a weirdo. He's a psychopath and he's looking for somebody to devour. Now, listen, if he could just automatically uh, devour you against your will and against your position in Christ, he would have already done it. But what he's doing is he's looking for legal loopholes. He's looking for access points where legally, spiritually legally, we've opened the door to him either through ignorance, through sin, uh, through disobedience, rebellion, whatever. He's looking for these legal, spiritual, legal loopholes that he can creep in and then uh, ensnare us, or uh, in this case, devour us in a particular area. Wisdom will help us to walk accurately so that the devil can't get a foothold in here. Now, you're anointed, so you're a target, but wisdom will protect you. Listen to this quote by one of my spiritual grandmas, Jeannie Wilkerson. Hell is out to destroy powerful agents of God. Whenever you see a church that, is, that has a real touch of God upon it, of course, she was uh, talking about a church here. We could say when you see a person. In fact, I'm, I'm going to just read it like, like that. When you see a person that has a real touch of God upon them, a person that has come out of the spiritual doldrums, beware. Don't feel that because the touch of God is on that person that they can just sit down and do nothing to maintain that touch. This was a message that Jeannie Wilkerson did uh, in and around Acts chapter 20 where Paul said that ravenous wolves we're going to come from within and from without, seeking to devour those, uh, seeking to devour folks. And she's talking about not, not to be afraid of this, but it's to be wise that the enemy is looking 
to trip up people that God's using. He's looking to trip up anybody who have been delivered out of his clutches, who are now sons of the light. He's looking to trip those folk up. Now, he can't just do it at his will. He's got to find a way in. Wisdom is going to help us to maintain uh, and to not do stupid stuff and to open up doors that just simply invite the devil in. You don't want to do that. I don't want to do, do, do that. Wisdom's going to help us. So if you've come out of the spiritual doldrums and you've really given your life to the Lord and you're, as we might say, you're on fire for him. I mean, you're passionate about him. You are all in for him. Well, there's a target on your back, friend. Nothing to be afraid of, but you need to be wise about it. Ecclesiastes 7.12 says, wisdom is a defense. Why do we need wisdom? Because wisdom is a defense. The New American Standard Bible says this, wisdom is protection. Wisdom is protection. And it also says this, that wisdom preserves the lives of its possessors. Wisdom is a defense. Wisdom is protection. Wisdom will preserve our life. So now you understand that we need wisdom, don't you, friend? Wisdom will also help us just in navigating um, just in navigating our daily life. Um, let, me, let me give you this. Um, let's see here. When, 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 yeah, I'm trying to think of where I want to go with these notes here. Uh, yeah, wisdom is going to help us here. So uh, be more interested in discovering your purpose than in your potential. Be more interested in discovering your purpose than in your potential. Let me give you some wisdom here. Wisdom is going to help us navigate this. Purpose is that which was imparted into you before you were placed into the earth. It's the uh, thing, it's the place, and it's the time you were created for. It. That's purpose. Jeremiah 1.5, of course, most people know this passage here, but this is what the Lord is uh, revealing to Jeremiah. The Lord says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you. We could say here, I purposed you a prophet to the nations. Again, we see that before Jeremiah was born, God purposed him. He set him apart. He consecrated him. But he said, this is what you're going to do. And when I put you into the earth, remember, this is before he was born. So he says, before I put you in the earth, I'm going to assign you. I'm going to mandate you. I'm going to put something in you. I'm going to put a destiny. I'm going to put a destination ahead of you. And your whole life, the meaning of your life will be to fulfill this purpose. Purpose is the answer to the Lord's prayer. Your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Purpose is... Not my will, but your will be done. The enemy's greatest strategy of distracting you away from your purpose and your place is to distract you with potential. This is why you need wisdom, friend. Wisdom is going to help you navigate these very issues right here. Again, the enemy's greatest strategy of distracting you away from your purpose and your place is to distract you with potential. Potential moves you into random. Potential moves you into random. Potential is the vast ocean of possibility 
that becomes the, quote, anything but purpose, end quote, substitute. Potential is the anything but purpose substitute. Potential invests everything in what could be rather than what should be. Potential invests everything into what could be rather than what should be. Can you understand how wisdom now? Wisdom is going to navigate us. Now, you've probably grown up, and you know, in reference to uh, this talk about potential, you've probably grown up hearing people say, hey, whatever you want to be, what, what, what do you want to be? You could be anything you want to be if you'll just set your mind to it. You know, if you'll just practice, if you'll just do this, if you'll just do that. Now, practice is good, but I'm using that in reference to people who, who, who just say, just pick something and just apply yourself to it. Well, okay, lots of people have potential to do lots of things, but potential is starkly different than purpose. Some people are developing this potential they, they had because somebody saw them you know, do something good in a particular area, and they say, oh, man, you've got the potential. Well, yeah, anybody and everybody has the potential to do all kinds of things. Uh, you know, we, we were created to know our Father, but so many people are going the complete opposite direction. That's taking advantage of potential. You potentially can do all kinds of things. You potentially could do whatever you want to do, but that doesn't mean that it lines up with God's will. That doesn't mean that it lines up with the call or the destiny or the purpose on your life. You know, there are some uh, kids that don't want anything to do with the Lord. And so the devil would love to draw their attention to the potential they have to become a thing in a certain area that is completely the opposite of what God intended them to do. You've heard the saying, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with having a knowledge that covers a lot of different things. But what we're talking about at the end of the day, that what's your ultimate gain and pursuit, that if it's contrary to your purpose, listen, the devil is distracting you with potential, and you really got to watch out. Wisdom's going to help you here. You need wisdom because wisdom's going to draw you back in. Wisdom's going to keep you focused. Wisdom is going to help you navigate the strategies of the enemy against you. Uh, there are um, people that are growing up, they're already grown up, and maybe it's maybe it's you. Maybe I'm talking about you, and you're in a thing, but you know it's like it's a grind, and it's grinding on you. It it's like bones grinding together. Uh, it is not deeply satisfying. It is not a sense of purpose. You have no sense that you are right on track with what God has for you. Listen, then you're off track, and you may have developed something that somebody said, hey, you could be good at that. Or, 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 or they'll say things like this, man, you could make a lot of money doing that. Listen, money isn't everything. Money is not everything. Some people are doing things because they picked out of a list the thing that was going to make the most money. Now, I get it. It's noble in one sense. You know, you wanted to do something where you could have extra, you know, to make sure you could provide for your family, you know, and have extra to do things for other people. I get that. It's noble and everything. Okay, great, great, great. But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, if you're not right in the middle of what God has called you to do, then where are you? You're off track. Wisdom. Wisdom is going to help us keep the main thing the main thing and not get off track. Wisdom uh, is costly in this sense. Um, 
is that you're going to have to pursue it. The Proverbs talks about you, you, you're going to have to desire the wisdom of God above anything else. It, in fact, Proverbs says you have to desire it more than rubies, more than gold, more than silver. Now, then wisdom says, but with me, okay, if you read in Proverbs, wisdom says, in my hands is honor and prosperity. But you got to seek wisdom first, right in the middle of God's plan for your life, right in the middle of the purpose that God has for you, is all your needs being met. If, if you get off side of that, you know, if you get off to the left or to the right, then sometimes you're, uh, you'll find yourself having to try and meet your own needs in your own strength. God's not obligated to pay your bills when you are a million miles away from him. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible talks about what soldier goes off to war at his own expense. Well, no soldier does. And that's a revelation of how the kingdom works. God says, look, if, if, if you'll do what I'm asking you to do, I'm going to take care of you. But if you're off over here pursuing your own thing, it could be a strategy against you. I'm not saying your heart is against God. A lot of fine folk that are just off center just a little bit because, again, they chose a career based on how much money or they chose a career based on who told them that they were you know, good at that. We got, all, we got all kinds of people in all kinds of colleges because somebody said, hey, you draw good. Have you thought about being an artist? Well, that wasn't their calling. Their calling was to be you know, a doctor or their calling was to be a, a, uh, you know, a stay-at-home mom. Their calling was to be uh, a school teacher or whatever. Just, just because you have talent in an area, just, just because you, have, you exhibit some you know, form of artistic expression or whatever, doesn't mean that that's the path that you should go. Let me read you this while I'm thinking about this. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and I'm sorry if this bothers you. Hallelujah. A lot of people have invested a lot of money going the opposite direction. You know, um, we're, all a, we're all for higher education. Uh, I'm working now uh, to get, um, to expand my understanding, to continue to educate my, my, myself. Uh, you know, I have, a, I have college degrees and I'm working on getting more. Hallelujah. We're all about that. We're all about continuing to learn. But it needs to be within the perimeters of the grace that's upon your life. Um, and that can expand. You know, when the Lord expands your borders, okay, uh, as we are increasing and the Lord's adding to us and our responsibility grows, you will have to have a functional knowledge and an understanding in a lot of different things. But we're talking about locating the centrality, locating that ordination, finding out what we've been consecrated to, set apart to the work that God, before we were even in the earth, before we were in uh, our mother's womb, locating the thing, the purpose God set us apart to, the reason why we're alive, what is that? And then there are derivatives of that. There are things that uh, are uniquely associated with that main thing. Hallelujah. That's what we want. I'm trying to find this passage here. Where did I say? Ephesians 2.10. Um, here it is right here. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. He prepared them beforehand that we should walk in them. He prepared 
things for us to do. He has already laid out our destination ahead of us. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He goes to the end point and establishes that destination, that end uh, place. He establishes the finish line, then comes back and says, hey, follow me this way. That's what we're talking about. We're locating that right there. And a lot of people have spent all kinds of money uh, hiring people to educate them in a direction that is south of where we're supposed to go, or it's west of where we're supposed to go, or east. It's in a different direction. Listen, this is one of the strategies. Maybe the enemy hasn't been able to just come right out, right up to your face and devour you. But as he snuck in another way, is he leading you astray because he's leading you based off your potential rather than your purpose? You know, somebody may look at you and say, man, you are highly trained in this area. But God says, but that's not, I didn't intend for you to spend $150,000 training yourself to go in that direction. Nothing wrong with spending that kind of money for training, but we're saying you're spending that kind of money in in and in accordance with the direction you're supposed to go. Nothing wrong with coaching, mentoring, uh, higher education, paid training. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah, you should do that. But before you just go out there and get trained based upon potential because somebody noticed something, uh, you know, like, oh, hey, you can play the guitar good. Maybe you should be a Nashville star. A lot of people in Nashville right, right now sitting on the side of the street begging. They're amazingly talented musicians, but there's no, there's, there, there, there's, there's, there's no end game there. It's not what they're supposed to do. They spent all this time, all these years, developing a skill that was in the opposite direction that God was actually leading them. See, that, that's the interesting thing, is you can apply yourself, and you can uh, practice and practice and practice and practice and train and train and train and repeat and repeat and muscle memory, muscle memory, muscle memory, and you can become good at a thing. You can become good at it, but that doesn't mean that's what you're anointed to do. That doesn't mean that's that's what God has intended for you. Wisdom, friend. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Wisdom is going to help us here. And if you need to make a change, uh, then there's no shame about it. But you're going to need wisdom to make the adjustment. Hallelujah. Maybe some of you, you're coming into a, um, you're, you're realizing now, I don't think I'm the first one to tell you, but I think I'm, the Lord's confirming it, that you are going to be coming into a transition season because you are desiring to be right in the middle to, of the thing to what and unto which you have been consecrated to. It's what you were called to do. It's what God put you on the earth to do. Oh, hallelujah. And if you're going to walk in double portion anointings, you're going to have to get in the middle of what he's called you to do. He's not going to anoint you and double down on that anointing if you're going in a 90-degree opposite direction or a 180-degree opposite. I guess that would be complete opposite. But even if you're off just a little bit, maybe you're off just 10 degrees, the Lord is not going to put a double portion anointing on you to be off. He's not anointing you to be off track. Even a slight degree, you know, um, I have an interest in airplanes. And, uh, of course, I, I know very little about them at this point, but I'm, I'm interested in it. 
But one thing we know, and you can see it's really exaggerated here, but if you were to take off from, you know, let's say um, Jacksonville, Florida, and your intention was to fly um, to Los Angeles, and when you are setting in your coordinates, if you're off one degree, by the time you get to California, I mean, you, you're not even going to get to Los Angeles, but by the time you start getting close, you're going to realize that you are not even near the destination. One degree off at your start point on that kind of journey is going to have serious consequences by the time you get down, you know, closer to where you're attempting to go. One degree off. You may not even notice it when you take off from Jacksonville, Florida. I mean, the nose of the plane is pointed, you know, uh, west, and uh, we're going to get there, right? No. Uh, if you don't make adjustments, if you don't alter the course, you are going to be miles off your destination. You may not even be close. And depending on, you know, uh, the, the length of the journey, you're going to just be further off course. Listen, there is no shame in having to make adjustments. Planes, in particularly, they're making adjustments all the time. There's all kinds of opposition. There's wind, turbulence, you know, the temperature changes. You know, all kinds of things work against the original uh, coordinates that you plugged into that thing. There's no shame in that. There's nobody saying, shame on you that the enemy's trying to resist you. No, we know it's part of it. But, we, but what we also know is that we need wisdom to help us navigate. And wisdom will help us make the adjustments in order to stay on track. Depending on the kind of resistance that you face, you may have to make some serious adjustments. But nobody's saying, you know, oh, shame on you that you had to make adjustments. No, it's part of it. You and I have to constantly evaluate and say, look, something's taken me off course. And maybe there is, um, may, maybe we got, you know, tempted into following uh, a potential. And, you know, we've invested all this time and effort, and money and whatnot, chasing this thing that was possibly something that would have uh, an outcome that was maybe lucrative or significant in some way only to find out later. No, that was another distraction. Listen, the, the Lord told me something recently. He said to locate the parameters of the boundary of your grace, to, lo to locate that. And, uh, you know, and I think that that understanding is progressive in one sense, but, but, but yet I am aware of some boundaries and potential of the anointing that operates in me and the grace that operates in me. And I have my faith released on more wisdom concerning that. Remember James says, if you lack, if, if you lack wisdom, let him ask. And so I'm believing that God will continue to give me more, more light on it. But I do have some understanding of the boundaries of the grace that operates in my life. And the Lord said within those parameters and within those boundaries, he said, you need to hustle it. He said, you need to get moving. There are things that are connected to the call, things connected to the mandate, things connected to the grace and the anointing on my life. There are, There is the pathway to my destiny, and there are associated things within that. Uh, we're not saying that you just do one thing and one thing only. 
there are several things that we're doing that are connected to, that are related to, they're interdependent to and with the anointing and the call and the grace and the mandate. But 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 there is a strategy that would try and to get try and get you to go beyond the boundaries and the parameters. That's the strategy that I'm telling you that we need to be watchful for. That's the that's one way the enemy will try and sneak in and devour you. And really, in a way, it'll dilute you. That's the idea behind that saying, Jack of all trades, master of none. You're really not good at anything. I mean, you have maybe a working knowledge in a lot of things, but you're just not really good at anything. Those are the things, those are the potential things that he wants to, the enemy would like to distract you away from your purpose with and get you outside of your boundary, get you outside of your parameters. And you become diluted there. Uh, You become, uh, I mean, you have a lot of information about stuff, but you really can't produce anything. And I think I'm going to get a, to a statement here. Let me see here. Uh, yeah, here it is. Well, here's two. We cannot remain focused upon potential and discover purpose. We must define purpose as the pathway, constricted and increasingly narrowed gateway to fulfilling the reason for our existence. Let me read that one more time. We cannot remain focused upon potential, and discover our purpose. We must define purpose as a pathway. In fact, it's a very constricted and increasingly narrowed gateway. We have to define that. It's an increasingly narrowed gateway to fulfilling the reason of our existence. And then lastly, listen to this. We find purpose so we can produce purpose. We find purpose so we can produce purpose. Um, we, we are to bear the fruit of our calling. We are to bear the fruit of our purpose. But we have to locate it first. You've got to locate it. You have to locate it. You have to define it. And then you have to consecrate yourself to it. I, I think I skipped this statement here. Let me see. Let me go back up here. Uh, let's see right here. It, it, it is difficult or wait, let me say it like this. It'll be difficult if not impossible to fulfill a plan we are not consecrated or dedicated to. So once we find out this is why I'm here. And when you discover that you'll also discover that God, he himself has consecrated you to it. And so we just say, yes, Lord. And then we embrace that consecration to the thing that he said, this is what you're to do. This is who you are to be. This is what you're to demonstrate. Here's what you're to build. Here's how you're to minister. Here's what your life is going to look like. Remember what he said or what David said that he realized that um, all the days of his life were written down in a book before he even lived one of them. And the Father was revealing these days. He's revealing these days to you and me. Father has it all mapped out. He's got it perfectly planned. Oh, we thank you, Father, for it. He's the master planner. And we look to him, but we consecrate ourselves to it. Lord, what do you have for me? Lord, what is my pathway? Father, what, what is the, um, 
what what is the path in this next season ahead of me? I don't know. You know. But whatever it is and whatever you reveal to me, I will dedicate myself to it. I will consecrate myself to it. I believe now you can see how the enemy will come in. Uh, he's not going to come in through the front door because, you know, if he could, if he could just outright just take you out, he would, but he can't. So he's going to try and find a way to get you off course. So he'll come in from, from the side. And here's a potential. Well, here's a potential. Here's a potential. Oh, you're good at that. This could be. Or, hey, you're good at that. That could be. Or this or that. And distract you with all these little possibilities. Again, it can be a dilution. Uh, potential can be the anything but. It will dilute. So just be aware. And I'm saying the only way to be aware is wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom. Wisdom will protect us. Wisdom will defend us. Wisdom will preserve us. Wisdom is like an unction. It's a knowledge. It's a supernatural knowing and an understanding. It is information, heavenly information, not just information. It's revelation. Hallelujah. It's far above just information. It's not just info, but it is a helper. Wisdom is a helper. Wisdom will keep us. Wisdom will build. Remember that verse? A house is built through wisdom. Our life is built through wisdom. Here the path is laid out. And we may even have vision because Holy Ghost has revealed us something. So we see something we didn't see. Whatever you're seeing that's of the Lord is because he has graced us with vision. He's allowed us to have understanding of what's to come. We have a knowledge of a thing that doesn't maybe doesn't even currently exist right now. It's coming for us. It is ahead for us. It's pro-vision. It's the ability to see ahead. Now, whenever he does that, wisdom will help us build it out. Wisdom will help us to uh, get into that and fill it in, so to speak. You know, maybe vision is kind of like a skeletal outline. Wisdom, though, is that filling out of it. It's going to say, do this, be here, say that, move here, do that. Unction, the anointing is working with wisdom. And uh, this skeletal vision will soon become reality. Hallelujah. And you don't want to be distracted off of the vision. I was telling somebody the other day when we were talking about one of our teams. And I was saying, you know what? Get... Get the vision. Ask the Lord to show you, and then we'll believe him to fill it in. Wisdom is going to help us fill it in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for it. So we're to be a consecrated people to his plans, not our own. Potential sometimes can be our own plan. Purpose is his plan. Remember, we said, Purpose is the answer to the Lord's prayer. Your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Potential can be our plan based on something that I think in the natural is going to get me ahead or make me money or do whatever. Maybe it'll draw attention to me. Listen, you can do all kinds of stuff, but just because you can do it doesn't mean you're supposed to. Hallelujah. And uh, that would lead us into a conversation about self-control or just restraint or just not doing something. Just because you can doesn't mean you need to. Just because you can doesn't mean it's allowable. 
Hallelujah. The world is so distracted with potential because they're not awake to their purpose. They're, if, if, if you're not born again, then you're not going to be awake to your purpose. But I'm telling you, it's a gift, friend. And it's something that is, um, it's inborn. Hallelujah. When you get born again and you turn your heart to the Father and you say, all right, Lord, show me what it is that you have for me. I'm telling you, he's going to illuminate purpose. He's going to say, this is what I ordained you to be. This is what I called you to be. The Father's going to say, here's what I already set you apart. Here's what I already consecrated you, you to. Oh, man, it makes it easy. Hallelujah. You don't have to say yes to everything. You don't have to say no to everything. Once you can define what you have been set apart to, once you define those boundaries and perimeters, the Lord says, I've anointed you. Remember, remember Jesus said in Luke 4, he said, uh, the Spirit Spirit." The Spirit, excuse me, of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he goes down this list. And uh, here was Jesus. He was acknowledging, here is the parameters and the boundaries of my purpose. Here's what I've been anointed to do. Listen, it made it easy. Once he discovered that, then then he, he could say no to things. Then he knew where to discipline himself. He knew then what to uh, stay away from. He knew what to uh, put more resources into. It becomes easy, friend, when you can locate the parameters and the boundaries of the graces and the anointings that are in your life. Hallelujah. And then you just get excited uh, about it. You don't compare yourself against anybody because you're not called to do that. You're not graced to do that. My uh, spiritual mom, Miss Brenda, she uh, talks about that there's certain messages she's not anointed to preach. There's certain things she's not anointed to minister on. You know, and as a minister myself, that that really helped me. I don't have to preach everything. Hallelujah. A lot of people get mad at that. I'm 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 thinking of a minister now. Uh well known, popular. If I said his name, you would know exactly who I'm talking about. And I tell you, the hate, uh, I, I mean, it's like there are ministries dedicated to just being negative about this minister. But you know what? He's not anointed to preach everything. And everybody gets so mad at him because he's not preaching the message they think he should preach. Maybe he's not anointed to preach that. Maybe that person that started that, quote, discernment ministry, whose whole ministry is based upon being negative about certain ministers, maybe they're anointed to preach the message that they are condemning all these other guys for not preaching. And guess what? That message is not getting out there because they're spending all of their time talking about why this minister over here is not anointed to preach the message that probably the guy is anointed to preach himself. Think about that, the irony, huh? I mean, you are so upset that somebody else isn't doing something that you think needs to be done. Maybe you're the one called and anointed to do it. Why are you wasting time? Why are you spending so much time being so upset that somebody isn't doing it? Maybe you're the one anointed to do it. You need to pray about that, friend. Listen, you ain't got time. You don't have enough time to go around uh, bad-mouthing everybody who's not doing the things that you think need to be done. Well, maybe you're the one called. Maybe you're the one anointed. Maybe you're the one that uh, God wants to use, come on, to bring a solution or an answer or to fill in the gaps. Not everybody is anointed to do everything. Let me give you this scripture. I think we'll bring this podcast to a close right here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. We were really close. We were in Ephesians 2. Look at this. 
Ephesians 4, 16. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Listen, you have a supply. And uh, if you go to 1 Corinthians 12 and you look at that passage there where he says he places in the body as he sees fit. I didn't choose to be where I'm at in the body of Christ. I didn't choose my calling. I didn't choose my purpose. Father chose. And if I awake to that, then I awake to the supply that I bring. If I'm not awake to that, then I may be doing all kinds of stuff and causing all kinds of problems in the body. You know, let's just say this for ease of un, for understanding. Let's say that I'm called to be a knee, but I don't want to be a, a knee. I don't like knees, okay? I don't know why. I just don't. Maybe it's because I've bought the lie that knees are bad. But guess what? I'm a knee. How do I know that? It's obvious. Now, I don't want to ad- admit it because I'd rather be an ankle. But God created me to be a an, uh, uh, knee. But I don't like knees and uh, because I believe the lie uh, from the enemy that knees aren't needed and knees uh, are better ankles. And so I'm out of place. I'm not in the right place. And I'm down here trying to be an ankle. Of course, it's messing everybody else up. The, uh, the foot and the toes, the leg, the femur, I think, right? Isn't that the leg bone? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know all these terms. But here I am trying to be an ankle, and I'm causing all kinds of problems. Man, I'm not fitting in. And people having to work, work around me and do extra work because I'm just causing all, all of these issues. Uh, and it's because, you know what? I don't want to bring the supply that I have. I'd rather go down there uh, and tell the ankles how the ankles should do their, their job because, you know what, I really studied up on ankles because I'd rather be an, an ankle. And so I'm going to go down there around the ankles and tell the ankles what they need to be doing and what they don't need to be doing. But guess what? I'm really a knee. I don't really know what the ankles should, should be doing, do I? No. I don't. And what I need to do is wake up to my purpose and embrace the consecration to be a knee and not an ankle. Embrace the parameters and the boundaries that are associated with knees so that I can produce, come on, knee purpose. I need to locate my purpose so I can produce purpose. And this body won't be stumbling around because the knee's out of, out of place. You know, we're limping around the rest of the body is having to compensate because, well, Justin's not in this place. Listen, he says every joint has a supply, and there's an effective working. When that part does its share, you know, I think about all, the, all these people, these armchair quarterbacks that are judging what everyone else is doing. Listen, why don't you just do what you were created to do and let somebody else do what they were created to do? Not every single one of us is going to do the same thing. We can't judge another person's purpose based on our own. Now, there are some sim- similarities. Okay, don't misunderstand me. Uh, if you use the body metaphor, everything's work- work- working together for a particular outcome. That's the thing. God has set this thing up, though, where everybody's part plays into the role of another part. And here are all these many parts that if they do the thing they were created to do, the one thing gets accomplished. The body moves as one, and there's great production and output as a result. But uh, you got to awake to that and stop being in a place or trying to do a thing that God has not called you to do, even if you're really good at it. You know, let's say you've dedicated the last 30 years of, of your life uh, to do this particular thing. 
but you're coming into a season now where God's saying, that's not what I called you to do. Don't take any shame, but friend, you need to make the move. Get over into where God has called you to be. Hallelujah. Well, I hope that encouraged you today. We're talking about wisdom and to get over into the double portion. Hallelujah. Listen, God wants to double down on the anointing, like what Jesus quoted in Luke 4. God, God's saying, look, I'm going to increase that anointing on you, but you've got to locate, come on, you got to locate the boundaries and the parameters and dedicate yourself to it. Consecrate yourself to it. Pay the price of waking up and coming out of random, moving away from random, saying, I'm not going to be distracted anymore by random, 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 all this random. My life is just random. You come out of that in the name of Jesus and come over into purpose. Locate those boundaries. Consecrate and dedicate yourself to the thing, the place, and the time in which you were born for. And God says, man, I will pour out a double portion on you. Hallelujah. Millions, hundreds of millions, billions of people are coming into this place, friend. Don't you be left out. No, 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 no. Don't you be left out of what the Lord's doing. Hallelujah. We live in tremendous, amazing times. Well, I hope this blessed you today. I hope you got something out of it. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. Listen, if we can pray for you, maybe you need prayer along these lines. Call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will follow up with you. But we we would we will agree with you. Hallelujah. And we'll come into faith with you that wisdom will begin to work in you. Revelation knowledge about whatever adjustments need to be made in your life. Hallelujah. But it would be our honor to pray with you. I want to give a big shout out to those who have supported the podcast financially and prayerfully. Hallelujah. We got prayer partners. I'm so thankful for you. And that's my first request right there is that you would pray for us and pray for us consistently. Pray for me or my family. Pray for our ministry, the podcast. But if you want to go uh, and take it a step further, then you can join those who have financially supported the podcast in some way. Several ways to do that. You can go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. Or if you're in the United States, you can text to give 84321. Or you can send a check to P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. All right, friends, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, be blessed.